Uno, uno, dos. Of the Road, Movies with Matt and Adam. I'm Matt. And I'm Adam. We are a weekly movie pairing podcast. Every week we'll pick a theme, uh, recommend a movie to the other guy that he has not seen based on that theme, watch and discuss. And we have about a 25 year age gap. So we got some uh, different cultural blind spots between us. <laughs> so this week we, well I thought we were going to do patriotic movies, but Matt went a different direction. <laughs> 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 you didn't think that was a patriotic movie? Well, so it is okay. So yeah, and also maybe we should have done this like a week ago. Yeah, because now it's because you know, like <laughs> now it's I mean, over with. I watched this, yeah. you know, on the Fourth of July, but now we're talking about it a couple of days later. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so a couple of um, quote unquote patriotic movies. So I had Matt watch the 1772 musical, 1776. Yeah, yeah. And you had me watch uh, Born on the Fourth of July. Born on the Fourth of July, yeah. The non-patriotic, patriotic movie. <laughs> right. So uh, I guess we'll get to 1776 first, because mm-hmm. it is earlier chronologically. Right. So uh, this movie, I was introduced to uh, high school history teacher uh shout out to uh ms zach and her history class so she's the kind of history teacher who would just like you know made all, all the whole thing a story you know one of the mm-hmm. good ones mm-hmm. and uh yeah this is i mean this movie is designed for a public school teacher to kill a week of class <laughs> <laughs> it's like exactly it's like two hours and 40 minutes so it's like, yeah, that's five days of class, sprinkle in some discussion questions before or after, pause it to provide some context, you know, you know, maybe actually Thomas Jefferson was a terrible person, yeah. <laughs> things like that. Um, yeah, I was wondering, uh, you know, if I had seen this in, in my high school class, which I graduated in 1973, but I could have seen it in history class, you know, mm-hmm. but it, and now the history that this movie gives us in the, the real history are two completely different things. Not completely, but... <laughs> it's not complete. Right. Yeah, I would say that this movie, um, maybe is a good middle school movie. Right. Introduce you to who these people are, what's their deal, mm-hmm. what are their motivations. I mean, it had me looking some of these people up to find out who they were and stuff. And yeah, then... why is Dickinson such a dick? <laughs> yeah. Who's this Rutledge character? <laughs> um... Yeah, where's and I actually had a, a, a distant relative in this. Matthew Thornton was the last one to sign it. He was from Rhode Island, and that was my father's family. My grandfather's middle name was Thornton. So oh, he was the jerk. Wait, wait. No, he wasn't in it. Oh, they never. There was more people in the room than they had in the movie, or no, more people that signed it. Right. I just, for a second yeah. I had Delaware and Rhode Island mixed up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the Delaware guy's the drunk, isn't he? No, uh, that's the Rhode Island guy. Oh, right? is it? Oh, Rhode Island. Yeah. But the Delaware congregation had three people. They had the Scottish guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Uh, the guy who was yeah. dying. Right. <laughs> and then the guy who just was against everything. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this movie was based on a play, and a lot of the original material from the play was in the movie. A lot of the original material from the play was taken 
directly from notes and and letters and mm-hmm. papers that these guys wrote. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so historically accurate in a lot of ways. Just yes. maybe not complete. It yeah doesn't delve into who these people really were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I was looking up some fun facts about the founding fathers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Couple things. Um, so Thomas Jefferson had a, you know, he had kids with the slave. Yeah. But forced the children of the slave to be slaves. Didn't know that. Yeah. Six of them. Uh, the one guy from New York. The guy who would never make a decision. Right. He uh, he died because he had a urinary tract infection, and he tried to cure it himself with a whalebone. Nice. I'll let you figure out how he did that. <laughs> uh, Benjamin Franklin, after he passed. They were doing some like renovations or something, like his in his London house. Mm-hmm. Uh, they found the bodies of ten people buried under his house. Six, really, six of which were children, <laughs> and they don't know what the hell was going on. They, the, the The most charitable explanation is that he was doing some anatomy experiments, and, and, and they were dead already. Right, that's the charitable explanation. The, obviously, the worst explanation is uh, he's a prolific serial killer. He was a man of many talents. George Washington's teeth, not made of wood, nope. made of Africans' teeth. <laughs> so. Yeah, so we, there's a lot to, to be learned about these characters, <laughs> these flawed people in the room. Yeah, um, this is the first musical we watched. Yeah, it was right? you that gave it to me. <laughs> this is very surprising, but yeah, we haven't seen anything. Um, no, um, what was the one that won Academy Best Picture uh, with Raleigh, Ryan Gosling? Oh, you're right. La La Land. Yeah, La La yeah. Land. Okay. I forgot about that. Yeah. 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 What did you think about the musical aspect of this? I thought most of the songs were forgettable. I mean, I t- kind of zipped through some. I listened to the first couple stanzas and most of them, you know, and get a good bit feel. But there was very few that I can remember now. The I think there was one that stuck out for me. It was when the, the guy from, um, was he from South Carolina? South Carolina. When he got up and did his like yeah. slave imitation, slave trader imitation. That right. was like, yeah, that was really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But also, I felt like the people in the room were supposed to be uncomfortable. Yes. So it worked. Yeah, you know? It worked for me that way because mm-hmm. they were calling out, you guys, who's getting these people? Not us. Right. You, it's your Boston people. Mm hmm. You know, and all, and really, John Adams could only just hang his head down low. Not that he had anything to do with them, I don't think, but they were northern slave traders, you know, which I, I liked it, you know, it's like none of these people in this room could be called out enough, the slave owners. You know, even Thomas Jefferson, who said, I, I was thinking about letting my slaves go, is bullshit. He mm-hmm. didn't do that. No, he just said he just... No, no. He had children that <laughs> Yeah, them. he had children that were slaves. Was there any Mary Hemings or something? Sally, Sally Hemings. Hemings. Sally Hemings, yeah. Yeah, so that, I mean, that was the kind of one that stuck out for me. Or there was a couple, with, I think, with Benjamin Franklin and, you know, they were, oh, it was four of them. They're deciding who's going to sign, yeah, who's yeah, going to write yeah, the declaration yeah, 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 and kind of like pass it around. Yeah. yeah, that was pretty good. But, uh, yeah, as far as the musical, how about you? I mean, I didn't hate it. I don't, no. th- I don't think I disliked it as much as you, but I was kind of zipping through a little bit of it in the same way. Um, I appreciated that they devoted five to seven minutes of the movie to Thomas Jefferson being just a horn dog. Right. <laughs> like, just, and his wife had like, you know, she's singing about his fiddle. 
and like it's like okay yeah, like she's risque she says like like yeah my strings are unstrung i was like oh yeah. my god like this is <laughs> no tell us what else can that red-headed tombstone do he plays the violin he tucks it right under his chin and he bows, oh, he bows, for he knows, yes, he knows, that it's high, 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 diddle, diddle, twixt my heart, Tom and his fiddle, my strings are unstrung. Yeah, pretty risque, but I'm a, I'm a fan of a good double entendre. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I, I like that in that part, and I thought it was uh, pretty funny. Oh, it's very funny. I you thought because I, I mean Benjamin Franklin is a quote machine. Mm -hmm. You know, and any chance he got, a, any chance he got to quote his own self, he, was, he did it. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, he. I mean, we'll get to it later, but he had like a ton of great ones, like you know. Someone's looking at him. He's like, "Why are you staring? Have you ever seen a great man?" Like, oh my god! And I don't know if you caught it, but when we first see Benjamin Franklin, he gets carried in. Yes, I know, I know that. And then he tells the guys, "Okay, off back to jail to you with you." It's like, <laughs> Jesus. Now he was an interesting. I'd I'd like to see a movie about him. You know that I was just thinking that too. Like, there's never been a good, to my mind, Benjamin Franklin, you know, biopic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a great John Adams uh, thing that Jay Motti did. The HBO series? Yeah. That was w w really good. We saw, and as I'm watching William Daniels, I keep thinking of, Paul, you know, uh, Giamatti, mm -hmm. but in that role. But uh, yeah, we don't, there's nothing about Ben Franklin. I think there was one about Thomas Jefferson, you know, they're sure. But Franklin was a, it's just an interesting cat, I think, mm -hmm. you know. And who was probably, yeah, full of things that we don't know about. I thought you were going to say rum and syphilis. Yeah, rum and syphilis. That was some of them, but... That was another thing I liked about this, is that they they only had one character who was constantly demanding rum, mm -hmm. but apparently the Founding Fathers were, like, half-cocked the entire time. I don't blame them. Because like, cause even the water wasn't, you know, always yeah. great to drink, but... Yeah. You know what's good? Rum. rum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Especially when you're trying to get something done. Or yeah. not trying to get something done. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I liked the music. I liked uh, any chance that they were able to crap on Philadelphia. They took it. Yes. <laughs> like Whoever wrote this hates Philadelphia. Yeah, it's like I didn't want to walk through the streets either. Right. <laughs> you know? And we weren't really seeing what... I mean, how, you know, I was just seeing all those animals and stuff in the streets. I'm going, ugh. Couldn't walk through there without stepping in something. Just mm. awful place. So, but they all were back then. So. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I mean, the story is John Adams trying to... And apparently he's very disliked. Mm -hmm. um, but that, that also wasn't super historically accurate. People had a lot of nice things to say about him. They didn't like him when he was president because right. he was trying to be a king, yeah, essentially. Yeah. Um, so there's yeah. that. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, apparently he was like you know very disliked. Uh, apparently very short. You have to be a short guy to play John yeah, Adams. I don't think he was very tall. No. Um, and he's up against a bunch of reluctant congressmen who 
from the South. Mm-hmm. Things haven't changed. Mm-hmm. And their whole thing was, hey, we're we're doing pretty good. We are, personally. Right. Why, why, why do you want to ruin a good thing? Yeah. Nobody else is doing good, but we mm-hmm. are doing good. Yeah, right. they're the ones who are trying to protect their, which is what's going on today. Same thing. It's imagine the, the lines have not changed. No, it's it's so many of the issues that this touched on were mm-hmm. completely relevant. I guess they were relevant. I mean, you know, in 1972, I'm guessing they were just as relevant, but now they've got to be even more pronounced. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. There's no cults. There's no QAnon in 1776, but... So yeah, it's actually getting worse than, than what it was in 70, 1972. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and we get to see all these different, uh, different aspects of the whole thing, right? We get to see John Adams and his crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get to see his relationship with Abigail. Yeah. I, mean, I enjoyed that part. Kind of him talking to her. Mm-hmm. Like she's off in the distance somewhere, but he's, you know, he, he's always chatting with her and she's not, she doesn't hold back on him. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, yeah. So I guess because Adams famously wrote a bunch of letters to her. So how can you represent that? Right, 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 right. So we got to see that. We got to see the Southerners. Acting like Southerners. Or they call themselves cool, cool gentlemen. Yeah, cool, cool gentlemen. Just resisting everything. <laughs> to the right, never to the right, never to the left, forever to the right. Where there's gold, a market that will hold, tradition that is old, reluctant to be bold. I sing Hosanna, Hosanna, in a safe and lucid manner. see even the uh, kind of the perspective of the clerk yeah the guy who's just kind of shuffling around and bringing people to rum and then we also see the soldier yeah comes in with the battlefield uh, notes from general washington does anybody care yeah. <laughs> is there anybody there does anybody care i remember that song mm-hmm. <laughs> i like the soldier except when he sung his song Yes, I was like, dude, you're bringing the mood down. Like, I, I, I get it already. I don't need you to like. Mm-hmm. I, you, you just harped on it too much. It was like I liked it as sort of being away from the action and like Washington just being like a specter around the whole thing. I, mm-hmm. I'm glad that we never saw him. Right. We just kind of understood what was going on with him. I thought that worked better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we kind of got songs from the whole gamut. Mm-hmm. You know, which is fine. It's musical. Yeah, there's some, there was yeah. there was one positive. Where there wasn't a song for a long time, then all of a sudden there's. <laughs> they got to they got to get to it, Matt. They gotta, <laughs> I guess so. But I thought this was a musical. I'm thinking. Yeah, I, I mean, there's probably only what maybe eight songs in there. Yeah. There's not that many for over two hours. Yeah, it's not crazy, um, overly musical. But most of the songs I thought moved along the prop the plot pretty well. Yeah. So you know, like the one where it's like. Indubitably, yeah, generously, yeah. We didn't need that. That's a little eye rolling, but yeah, that made it start, that made it seem like more goofy than I think it really was. Yeah, actually, that 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 character was a little goofy. Mm-hmm. You know, he rhymed everything with his last name, so which is kind of ridiculous. They're not they're not cool, cool. <laughs> you know. He's not a cool, cool southern gentleman. No, no. 
Uh, but yeah, and then, you know, obviously it's, we know the outcome, right? So it's, but, so I think it's hard to make these kinds of movies suspenseful. Yes. But you got to see, like, the negotiation. Yeah, I, I love to know how much of that is true. You know, the, the, the whole negotiation, the, 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 they seem to pull it out of their ass at the last minute. Um, I think it's pretty accurate. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is. It's really they pulled it out of their ass somehow. You know. Well, they just, just eliminated some language. Yeah. I mean, they just compromised on their morality. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just... <laughs> That's right. Exactly. I was surprised nobody ever read it. It's part of the movie. What do you mean? Read the whole document. Oh well, the original one's way too long. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But they had that cool scene. I mean, they, the way they did it was cool. I thought mm-hmm. where the guy starts to read it, and then Jefferson doesn't want to be in the room, so he walks out. And then the other people walk up. They're like, "What part are they at?" And then he he says it, yeah. and they open the door. And he's exactly right because yeah. he knows it so well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, he was, you know, just tasked with it. But yeah, I thought the negotiations were interesting. You know, they it showed how, and you know, I liked how it showed them as being self aware. Like they'll never forgive us for this. And, <laughs> good call, right? And the one guy says, uh, "Yeah, he he's, he knew that he would be blamed for it. So mm. that's the reason he voted for it." Right. The one guy whose name we don't even know. Yeah. Yeah. I just watched it. I don't remember his name. I don't either. But I remember well, Dickinson. Remember. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about Dickinson? I don't know how accurate it was, but him refusing to sign it, but joining the army to fight against the British. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, I, I, he's one of them I want to look up mm-hmm. to find out really what happened to him. You know, because I did look up a couple of them. Saying, mm-hmm. oh, who is this? I don't even know who this is. Mm-hmm. You know. But you know, I thought generally. Uh, there's a lot of people in the room. They did a good job of moving around and kind of giving you a sense of who everyone was. Right, right. Everyone had like a little line to show their personality. And it's, it's, I imagine it's difficult to make a movie about two or three dozen old white men signing a contract interesting. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's essentially what it is. And they're all in one room. You yeah. know, it's like... Yeah, I mean they 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 did really well about representing each table and in, in their in their little quirks and and who they were and stuff you know because the Southerners were basically the same people but but you could remember which table was who because they were a little different mm-hmm. you know like North Carolina was always deferring to South Carolina whatever South Carolina North Carolina did you know those kind of things so it was interesting mm-hmm. yeah. New York abstains. Everything. Courteously. <laughs> Courteously. And then we finally got New Jersey to show up, you know, like yeah. they were gone. Really? Yeah, where were they? They're right across the river. Um, all right, Matt. So who do you think stole the show? Uh, Howard De Silva. Oh, I don't even know. Okay, who, who did he play? <laughs> ben Franklin. Okay, me too. I had the same one. <laughs> was, he, was he famous before this? Yeah, he, I mean, he's made a good living in the acting business. Okay. He was around for a long time. Oh, he was one of the blacklisted. Oh. Good. I didn't know that. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah, he was one of 324 actors, writers, and directors who fell victim to the blacklisting. So he was blacklisted. But uh, he's most famous for The Lost Weekend, 1776, The Blue Dahlia, and They Live By Night. But he did a lot. lot. He had uh, how many? He had 81 acting credits. So pretty good did you recognize most of the leads I did because the only one I knew was the Adams mm-hmm. and because he played 
a principal named Mr. Feeney in a sitcom called Boy yeah. Meets World yeah. when I was a kid. Yeah. He was all, he, he, again, another guy who made a pretty good living out of, especially TV. Mm-hmm. He was on um, St. Al- St. Elsewhere. There was a movie about a hospital. Mm-hmm. He was on that. Um, Ron, John Callum, who played R- Rutledge mm-hmm. from South Carolina, the guy who sang that song. He was on the word Exposure. Hmm. He played the guy who owned the bar. Okay. Married to the woman 40 years younger than him. Ken Howard was the White Shadow, I think. He had a tel- television show called... Uh, who was he in this? He was Thomas Jefferson. Oh, oh okay. Uh, was he super tall or was that yes. sort of... Okay. Yes, he was very tall. In fact, White Shadow, he played a basketball coach. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I enjoyed the height accuracies of the casting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Especially when like Adams, Adams, Franklin, and Jefferson are standing next to each other. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. My favorite recognition was William Duell, who played um, he, he played McNair. Yeah, he was the clerk. The clerk. He was in. Um, or was he the one who was reading everything? No, no, he was the clerk. He was the guy getting the rum, opening okay. the windows and stuff. He was on a show called uh, Police Squad. Okay. With Leslie Nielsen, he was the uh, shoe shine guy that. That Drebin used to go and get information from. He always said, "I don't know anything." Drebin would whip out a tense, a five spot or something, and then he'd tell him all about what's going on you know, with his case and stuff. He was hilarious. Well, I can see him doing comedy. Yes. He had a bit of that to him, I think. Yeah, well, he had. A, he's not a very handsome guy, mm-hmm. and especially with that hair that he had, you know. But uh, yeah, he was. I reckon I. Oh yeah, the shoe shine guy. The old shoeshine kid. Yeah. Yeah, but I would agree. Franklin definitely stole it. The guy who played Franklin. He also had the best line. So what do you expect? You know? This was written for him. Right. He, I mean, <laughs> he wrote he, it himself. Right. <laughs> and he got to be like the funniest person. He got to like, you know, have that zinger, mm-hmm. you know, in every scene. That's what made me sad was, was, was the way, historically accurate or not, I, I, I would hope it would be more like the, the British, um, you know what the British do in their Congress or whatever Parliament. Parliament is they kind of make jokes mm-hmm. about each other and stuff, and it was very funny. And, and it seemed like everybody in the room was laughing at some point mm-hmm. at, at themselves. Right. But they don't do that anymore. No, it's nobody does that anymore. Nobody, fueled by hate, man. Fueled by is. hate. It's completely different. Yeah, but you know, I don't. We don't need to get into politics. No. <laughs> but um, all right, any lines stand out to you? Oh, just, there was a bunch of them, but I don't remember them. I have a couple. Okay. Um, Adam's had some really good ones. Uh, very early on, he, I think he's like the very, right before or after his first song. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've come to the conclusion that one useless man is called a disgrace, two are called a law firm, and three or more are called a congress. <laughs> like that, I didn't remember that as a kid, but that, that holds true. Uh, there's another part where he's exasperated about all the changes to the uh, mm-hmm. declaration, and he's like, well, it's, we're starting a revolution. Like, we have to offend somebody. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, this last one, this one um, I think is the most true today line. Uh, this is from Dickinson. Uh, he says, don't forget that most men with nothing would rather protect the possibility of becoming rich than face the reality of being poor. Mm. Go capitalism. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I actually did want have one. Uh, uh, I think it was John Adams when uh, he was talking to uh, Benjamin Franklin about Thomas Jefferson and his wife. He says, you don't mean to tell me they're going to, in the middle of the day, 
<laughs> and Franklin says, not everyone is from Boston, John. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did like, yeah, that, that whole sequence where it's like, just, okay, we're just carving out this part of the movie just to recognize that the only way that America can gain independence, Tom Jefferson has to get some ass. That's right. Like, it just has to happen. The other thing, I, the other line I liked, um, a couple of, I, when they read all the committees, it was just perfect. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like you and I hate meetings, committees, anything like that. And there's naming off all these, these, these shitty committees that they had. Just, you know, it was a waste of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other one was, that man would depress a hyena. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing that was about John Adams. Yeah. <laughs> that was yeah, apparently universally hated all right, Matt, uh, do you have any scenes or anything that no, stood out to you? Sure. you? You don't have a favorite song. No. Well, my favorite song was uh, Run, Rum, Bibles, and Slaves. I okay. Think, was that one. When Rutledge is just, I mean, he's going for it. Yeah, he is. Clink. Molasses to rum to slaves. Oh, what a beautiful world. You dance. With us, we dance with you in molasses and rum and slang. Who sail the ships out of Boston, laden with Bibles and rum? Who drinks a toast to the Ivory Coast? Hail Africa, the slavers have come. New England with Bibles and rum. And he's off with the rum and the Bibles. Take on the slaves, clink, clink. Then hail and farewell to the slaves. Like that actor was like, okay, this is my one song. I'm going to make everybody uncomfortable. <laughs> I, can't ima- I can't imagine being like in Broadway, like the audience, like, uh, yeah. <laughs> like so cringeworthy. Uh, but yeah, I think that's what makes it good. Um, I have a couple recast ideas here, Matt. Okay. So, for Adams, we need a really short guy. I don't. I mean, Hollywood. Our, these are our short guys. You ready? Jack Black. Mm-hmm. Hugh Jackman. No. Joaquin. No. Jesse Eisenberg. No. Jonah Hill. No. James McAvoy. No. Ben Stiller. No. Well, then that leaves us with Tom Cruise. <laughs> and I think Tom Cruise could pull it off. A little, a little older, an older Cruise, mm-hmm. getting to finally play his true height. And just, <laughs> just laying into people. Just, it's, you can't handle the truth the right. entire movie. It's oh, that, that level of intensity. Yeah, yelling at people. Yeah, that's what I want. Yeah. Like he did in our second movie. Right. But, but yes, I, I mean, yeah. we don't have much to go over there. Okay, so those are my options. Um, Thomas Jefferson, we need someone tall. Uh, I don't think you know who this person is, but he he's a he's a comedian actor. He was in um, what was it? Promising young woman was that mm-hmm. movie we saw? He was the boyfriend who oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah, Bo Burnham. Yeah, he, he's probably the right age. He also does music. Yeah. He could fit right in. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I had this person playing both Dickinson and Rutledge. Okay, probably the same guy. <laughs> Russell Crowe. Oh yeah, yeah. We just need <laughs> anger and just bitter, just seething. 
I could see Russell Crowe standing on top of a desk mimicking a slave whip and just screaming out a song. <laughs> and my favorite, Franklin, Woody Harrelson. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Be a different vibe. It would. Be kind of more of a laid-back stoner Franklin. He's already got the lines laid out for him. He doesn't really need to do much. Yeah, but I think he'd be perfect. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's, that's my read. I didn't go bother to go through everyone, but those are the, the main players. And uh, I, as I was watching the movie, I thought, ah, oh, William Shatner would have been perfect for John Hancock. Yeah. <laughs> but he just, you know, they got someone else who I don't even know. I don't know any of these actors, but... Like you said, a lot of the actors, I have no idea who they were. Probably a lot of people from the you know the world of musicals and yeah. plays and stuff. No. Um, hi Matt, you have any other comments about seventeen seventy six? No. I think it's worth a view. It's uh, oh, I enjoyed it. Uh, don't get me wrong. I mean, I I I had fun watching it. Um, just that uh, musicals to me, you know, I'm okay, but I got to zip through the. If not, if the song doesn't hold my interest after two stanzas, I'm on to the next scene. It's a bit long. Yeah, the movie's a bit long. Although you do you do learn a lot about history through the songs. So mm-hmm. if you keep you know you pay attention, mm-hmm. but yeah. Oh, I definitely think I, I I really enjoyed it actually. Yeah, like I said, I think this is a teaching tool. If, yeah. you, if you have a middle school history class, you have to teach them about the American Revolution. Mm-hmm. Put this on, but you know, like I said, pause it, <laughs> provide some context. Yeah, yeah. It's not a hundred percent perfect. Uh, all right, you want to get some scores here? Okay. Uh, IMDb, what do you think? We got 7.8 thousand people checking in, so not very highly, not a lot of people. 7.3? Uh, 7.6. Oh, good. I kind of thought it was on our threshold. No, 7.6. That's, uh, that's some good. more in the, uh, the upper side of things. What do you think about Rotten Tomatoes? 7.6. <laughs> From the critics, yeah, sixty nine percent. Whoa, not liking it. No, and I wonder if this is the woke, the wokeness. Okay, here we go. This is Ebert. This is from two thousand four. I can hardly bear to remember the songs, much less discuss them. Perhaps I shouldn't. It's just too damn bad. This movie didn't take advantage of its right to the pursuit of happiness. <laughs> All right, so Ebert's taking some shots. Um, yeah, like another, I said, the songs were not that memorable. Another critic, this, 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 is, this is the critic's summary. Long and boring musical about the American Revolution. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. <laughs> and you're a critic. Yeah, I, I thought it was better than that. No. Oh, I think it is. You know, as a musical goes, it's not that great. Yeah. But it's fun. Uh-huh. You know, as much fun as you can have with a bunch of white, mostly racist... <laughs> People, <laughs> <laughs> all their all their hoods were under the dust. Yeah, yeah I, see, I think you just needed the songs just to break it up, right? You right. Know, to break up the monotony a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, and then the audience score. What do you think? I will go seven two eighty four percent. Okay, they liked it the, a little more. The people liked a little more. The people have appreciation of they've spoken America and what it means to be a true patriot. Mm. But yeah, critics not so much it. All right, Matt, so you want to take a break, and we'll come back, and we'll talk about a uh, patriotic porn on the 4th of July. All right. I do believe you've laid a curse on North America. A curse that we hear now rehearsing Philadelphia. 
last second flood, the simple famine, plagues of locusts everywhere, or a cataclysmic earthquake, I'd accept with some despair. But no, you sent us Congress. Good God, sir, was that fair? You see, we piddle, twiddle, and resolve. Not one damn thing do we solve. Piddle, twiddle, and resolve. Nothing's ever solved. In All right, and we're back. Uh, we're going to continue with uh, heavy air quotes here. <laughs> patriotic movies. <laughs> I don't, I don't, know, I don't What are we thinking? Like, I don't, like this is I, not a patriotic movie. I think movie. it is patriotic. Okay. We hit you fight in a war. Okay. And you get shit on. Mm-hmm. What more patriotic thing you can be is to, to let everybody know. This is not right. We aren't, you know, we should be treated better. Okay. That's patriotic to me. Okay, we're talking about Born on the 4th of July. Yeah. So, I would say that, okay, I agree with you. I, I agree with maybe the book maybe had a patriotic feel to it that the, the main guy wrote that this is based on. Mm-hmm. But Oliver Stone certainly presented America in a way as like, look at yourselves, you MFing hypocrites. Right. Like, you all want to believe in this giant lie. Mm-hmm. Some of you are doing it ignorantly, some of you are doing it gleefully, and that's what this whole thing is built on. And whenever someone figures it out, this is, this is the result. It sounds like today. <laughs> well, <I> mean... <laughs> uh, yeah, well this is actually, Stone made a trilogy of Vietnam movies. Platoon was the first. Mm-hmm. You've seen Platoon, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. Platoon's great. Mm-hmm. You know, best picture, all that stuff. I think I like this more than Platoon. Really? Yeah. See, I didn't like that. I didn't. I don't think it comes close. Really? Yes. Maybe I need to revisit Platoon. I, mean, I haven't seen it in twenty years. Yeah. But I, 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 there's something about this movie, and even the first time I saw it, it kind of falls flat for me. And really? I, and I don't know why. Oh, I like. And I think Tom Cruise is great in it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he. I mean, he, this put him on the map as actors. I think he was nominated. But I mean, she was young. This was eighty. What? Nine. Eighty nine. This put Cruise on the map? I mean, as far as being a serious... Serious? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was, was all like whiskey, whiskey business bit. and stuff like that, you know, okay. which is not serious. But he was, he was really good in it. And I don't know why, because I love Oliver Stone. Uh-huh. Um, his third picture was uh, called Heaven and Earth, which is... It looks at the, Viet, the South Vietnam side of the war it was about a woman and how she survived it really isn't very good it sounds like a bummer yeah it was a, it was not a I was very disappointed in that one but um but yeah I mean he's all about Vietnam because he was there so he was a war correspondent no he was actually a uh, he, he was his, a soldier platoon is based on him oh okay about a, a college kid that goes over and volunteers and fights and he was that's him and he was in the war. He was actually fighting. So, um, 
Oh, so you liked it? <laughs> I like this a lot. Really? Because I, mean, I like... So, I like that you got to see the quick progression of this kid from high school. I mean, again, it's like, you know, it's... Wait, yeah, it's even before high school. Right. And everything is over the top, right? Right. I, I get that. Like, it's fine. It's a movie, right? Right, I, right. I'm not looking for, like, you know... Yeah, actually, this kid only batted 220 in high... You know, like, I yeah, want him yeah. to be, like, the all-star home run hitter, right? right. So, whatever. So... Yeah, so he, you know, just, you know, for him being like this, like, you know, little, like, even from like, well, I'll get to it later, but even from like the very beginning where he's like in Little League and he's like, you know, hitting dingers mm-hmm. and then he's, you know, in high school, he's, you know, he's, he's a wrestler, but he's like not even like good at like masturbating, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like he's like so, and like the, the parental thing, mm-hmm. like that whole aspect of it, like the, that, the whole Catholic upbringing, the whole Catholic the mother's thing, overbearing this the whole like uh idea that the town was like so influential in his decision to go to the war right you know you know what I mean I just like all that stuff like worked so well and it was so quick mm-hmm. I felt like this movie was really good at like picking the exact moments that would tell the story because mm-hmm. when I when I think of this movie it's just like it's like chapter one chapter two chapter three yes exactly it's, 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 it's just like yeah this is exactly the thing that should be shown. And then one thing that I'd never seen really before in movies was the whole like hospital yes. afterwards. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really interesting because you have these prisoners who are not my prisoners, sorry. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're pretty much prisoners. Right, that's a right, Freudian slip, right? You have these uh, wounded soldiers. Patients, yeah, I guess right. I should call them. You have these patients who can't leave, apparently. And these uh, their orderlies are also like. You know, they're there they're to minimum help. Minimum wage people. Right. They're there to help, but also they're like, well, you know, kind of fuck you too. Yeah. Because, you know, you're, yeah, you fought in Vietnam. You didn't fight for me. Right. <laughs> you know, like, you want to fight for me, take your gun to the streets, go right. to Washington. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not fighting for me. So, I mean, that whole dynamic was, yeah. and again, it wasn't like ham-fisted. It wasn't like beating down your throat. It was just like done really artfully I don't know I, I really like this movie oh good good I mean I liked it yeah. oh I like it I just thought I like Platoon more mm. I, I just relate to it more you know I'm trying to think of like other Oliver Stone I mean I guess JFK JFK yeah was there a scene with like Kevin Bacon covered in gold or something I'm, I'm trying to remember that movie like I I have these vague lips in my I mind I have to watch Kevin it Bacon being in that movie but I guess he was yeah, I think he was yeah there you go and uh, you know Natural Born Killers yep. which I really liked but also but I like that because it hit me like at a time where like I think like Nine Inch Nails is on the soundtrack right, right, or something right, right, right. so it's like yeah that's really it felt more like a music video than a movie to me Salvador is good it's one of his that. earlier ones um, about reporters in El Salvador which is good James Woods which Mm-hmm. <laughs> Again, we hey, we, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm glad you liked it. I, I, you know, I, I don't mean to disparage it. I just, for some reason, there's, to, and I don't know why in this movie, and I, I think this is the only second time I've seen it. it there's, it feels like something missing, and I know, and I know the actors were good, the pacing was good. I, I didn't think they lingered too long on any part of his history. Maybe we could have had a little more of his anti-war stuff at the end I thought it was kind of rushed at the end that's how it felt that that's that was what, I think maybe that was what's missing I wanted to see more of that yeah this is my rare this should have been longer mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know if they could have cut out a little bit of his childhood, which, but that it was interesting to see him growing up because that's the way kids grew up in the in the fifties, mm-hmm. in late in early sixties, you know, and they were made to feel like uh, patriots. You know, we got to fight you know, communists and all that stuff. But just playing in the woods, army—that's all I did when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. That was what we did most. We played baseball and played army. That was pretty much it. The American way. Yeah. So. Um, now I really like it. I just say that I, I as far as his, uh, I, I I really like Platoon more. So I had to revisit Platoon. I like this one because I mean, like I think that what is missing that I think why this is we haven't I haven't looked at the score yet, but I'm guessing it's not more than eight. But I think what's missing is, as you said, that that turn. Mm-hmm. Like he gets in that fight with Willem Dafoe in the desert yeah. in, of Mexico. Yes, and then next scene he's anti-war. Right, I mean, right, it's right. pretty quick. Yeah, we don't see him going back to. Oh, I'm sorry, he goes to Georgia. I'm sorry, he, he goes, goes to Georgia, yeah. confesses that he killed. He thinks he killed their son, and they were pretty cool with it. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, is the guy's wife said, "I don't, I don't think I can forgive you, but I can understand." Uh-huh. But you the know? parents were like, parents were like, and the father who had been in the war had been in. <laughs> You know, in the South Pacific, in a Marine or whatever, he totally understood. Well, he's all, he's done his own dirt, yeah, right? Yeah, he, yeah, he knows. I've, I've I've killed several men. I'm yeah, just yeah. not going to confess to yeah, it, you yeah. moron. Yeah. yeah, no, I, that so I that scene was tough for me because I couldn't figure out if I liked it mm-hmm. because it represented how people, especially like people wrapped up with like pride or mm-hmm. patriotism would be so willing to like even forgive the death of their own son because right. they're worshiping the flag. Right. Or did I not like it because I don't think that's how that would have really gone down. Right. There's a lot of scenes in this movie where they were fun to watch, but yeah. they weren't I'm like I don't know if that's what anyone would actually say in that moment. Like throughout this movie, I'm sorry, I, I, were you going to say something? No, no. Oh, okay. No. So throughout this movie, especially when he comes home, all his former friends are like shitting on him right to his face. And I don't think that you would actually say, like, hey, glad you're home. You want a job? Hey, by the way, what the fuck were you doing over there? It was a war for nothing. You yeah. lost your legs for nothing. You know, it's like, that seems over the top. I think, I, I, I honestly, you know, we, we heard, you know, troops getting spit on and, and all that stuff. I, I, I actually think that was very, it's not as much as people think it was. I don't think people, I remember troops coming home. I used to hang out on a pool hall in the early 70s, you know, and guys would come home from Vietnam on, on leave or something, and, and they were never treated by anybody. Even though all of us hated the war, we never would have said anything to them, you know? Well, first, of all, fault. They, first of all, they kick your ass. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> these Marines. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I think that was, I mean, it was... Uh, and there was a small part of this movie where, you know, I think they were spit on or people mm-hmm. yelling at him. You know, he was in the parade and people were giving him the finger. And all. I, I don't see that really happening in a, in a hometown parade. Right. You know, where everybody's got their finger out, you know. Right. The hippies would be out banging yeah. and smoking pot. They're right. not gonna they go wouldn't to even parade. go to the parade. <laughs> but and So speaking of that parade scene, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. No. So that parade scene, that second parade scene, mm-hmm. really cool ways contrasted with the first one, obviously. But the way the parade scene started, where he just scanned the crowd, and as I was watching, I was like, oh, wow, it's all, 
it's all just the same people from the first parade, but now they're, you know, several years older. Mm-hmm. There's no kids here. No. And I thought that would have been enough of like a message, you know, like there's less fanfare. We don't have like the, it's less patriotic. We got the right. burger joint has their float. Right, right. You know, we've now not, shifted. Yeah, shifted. We've yeah. shifted to like now we're praising businesses, not mm-hmm. people. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and it's all older. That would have been good enough. And then like you said, you have the over the top, like mm-hmm. people trying to like start fights or the hippies. I mean, you have the guy just as a clown with the tears. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. that. It's yeah, yeah. subtle, but yeah. some of it was a little bit over the top in, in some ways, I guess. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was inter- I mean, I was just reading the uh, little bit IMBD on the film, and Al Pacino was originally supposed to play Kovic. Wow. Huh. And, and the guy, Marty Martin Bergman, Bregman, the producer, bought the film rights, and he hired Oliver Stone to write the, the screenplay. But then it kind of, kind of mired, uh, I guess, Stone optioned the book. Uh, it's, it's 1978. And it became development hell after Pacino and Bregman left, which resulted in him and Kovac putting the film on hold. So it was a little later than everything. But yeah, I, I, Pacino. Hmm. I think he was too old. Maybe too old for that. Can you imagine the high school scenes? No. Because Cruz looked young. Cruz did look young. Yeah. And very, uh, I don't know if, like it's just the way it was shot, but very toothy. Mm-hmm. In this movie, yes, yeah, a lot of, of cruise teeth in this movie. <laughs> yeah, Pacino maybe would have been too old, but when he was, but older Pacino in a wheelchair, yelling at Will Defoe <laughs> in the desert, <laughs> that would have been pretty. Would have, uh, yeah, that would have worked for me yeah. very well. I would yeah. like to see that. They could do that now, and I'd watch it. Put on it. They put it on YouTube. <laughs> I'm at so uh, watching it again. When were you in? Oh, I was in right away. The, the hometown, you know, the only narration in the whole film is at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Tom Cruise. Thankfully. Yeah. Yeah. He's not very good at the, he's no Morgan Freeman. As soon as the narration started, I thought, oh God, I don't want to hear like Tom Cruise like reflect on his life for two hours. Yeah. It's the only, it's like this really short, you know, thing about playing army or something. Yeah. But I thought one of the best shots was the, that parade as they're just moving through the town. It just seemed seamless. Mm-hmm. The kids running around, like, you just... Yeah, that was done really well. Because a lot of times you, you watch those pr- things like parades and mm-hmm. crowds and stuff. And you always catch people looking at the camera, you know, not staying in character or something. But you didn't see any of that. Look, I mean, people were bumping into each other and stuff like, mm-hmm. that you would see in a real parade. Right. Kids running around, just, you know, getting almost tripping people and all that stuff. So, no, I was in right away, you know, just... Uh, I, I I didn't remember most of this film because I didn't I haven't seen it since it came out. Mm. So that was good. It's kind of everything was still new to me, except the, the the battle scenes. I remembered that more than anything. So makes sense. Yeah, makes sense that, that that's what would stick with you. So uh, yeah, me too. I was in right from the right from the parade. I thought that was a mm-hmm. one of the best opening shots. I mean, I think that's like even. If it wasn't before the like the credits, it was like the credits were over top of them. I'm like, oh my god! Like you're this is your credit scene. Jeez, <laughs> way to you know you're blowing your load early. So yeah, so I'm just gonna run through the plot real quick. We can comment on whatever you want. Okay. I just I broke them off into chapters, like I said. So we got him as a kid in any town in America. Mm-hmm. I'm glad they didn't make him a basketball star. Right, <laughs> like it's not a team little scenario. You know? yeah, like, <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, wrestler seemed appropriate, right? In his, you know, you're in your weight class, so that seemed like a pretty fitting, uh, pretty fitting. I guess that's true, right? Right. Whatever to the life of the character. This is based on a book by this right. dude, right? Right. So yeah, I thought the whole small town thing. Uh, his when he was a little kid, his girls trying to kiss him, and then he's like, "I could how many pushups can I do?" I was like, "Wow, that's." That's good. Yeah, you're and I right. I'm gonna run over you on my bicycle tomorrow because right. I love you. This is the uh, immature, the maturity disparity that plagues right. young boys. So. Do you like that kiss? Watch me do push-ups. Right. And uh, yeah, and just seeing like his him with his high school pals, and like mm. you can see like the factions. You know, yeah, like yeah, you have yeah. a couple guys who are like, I don't think the war is a good idea. I'm gonna go to college. And the other guy's like, Hell no. Like, what are you? Love it or leave it. Love it or leave it. And they never really mentioned whether or not those guys... Do we really know what happened to all of them? Except for the, a couple of them. I think a couple of them were killed, right? Yeah, there's this great scene. I'll just mention it now. Between Cruz and Frank Whaley. Oh, yeah, Frank Whaley. And they're... Oh, they're talking about the different... They're sitting in the backyard. They're having beers. And they're laughing about... Hey, whatever happened to Sosa? Oh, he got killed. He got... Oh, he, a tree fell on him. That's right, how right, he died. Right, right, yeah. And it's like that humor that only Gallows two, humor. Exactly. That only two soldiers could have with each other. Right. He couldn't make those jokes with anybody else. They we're didn't. laughing because we're still here. Mm-hmm. And those dumb fucks didn't make it. And, and also, that's all we can do. Right. Right. Exactly. We have nothing else to do. And uh, we're constantly drinking. Right. Sometimes at night, I get these headaches, you know. feel bad. They just, they just kind of come over me, you know. And these fucking doctors don't know shit, you know. They, they just, they just come, you know, like I'm going crazy or something. And they, I don't feel, I don't feel like me anymore, you know. I, I feel like when they come, I feel like somebody else, you know. What can you do? What do you do when uh, that happens? Nothing. Not a goddamn thing, you know. Well, mostly I do a lot of drugs. <laughs> Do anything you can, you know, man. You get, you get through it any way you know how. So, yeah, that was... That's about, anytime America, um, he ends up in the war. Mm-hmm. Fantastic uh, direction, mm-hmm. editing. Yep. Uh, you know, it's... I think that scene lasts, like, what, seven minutes? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but, like he says, the one you remember. Yeah, that's exactly. And it, and it takes place on a strange beach. You know, that you don't usually see Vietnam battles on right. a beach, you know, in some village that's on a beach. And it's all, you don't really know what's going on. You don't know where the enemy's coming from. They keep panning over and you don't know who the enemy is or who the real, the good guys are and stuff, you know. So, yeah, there's a lot. Pandemonium was was pretty much what happened in those situations. Yeah. yeah and then when he, yeah, a lot of good use of chaos. And he tries to confess to his, you know, commanding officer. And again, the commanding officer. Like, I don't you know, hear that shit. Right. What you're saying is probably true, but I'm not going to believe it. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. I've already made my mind up of what is the truth. And that was the whole theme of the movie. Yeah, in real life, that never happened. He never killed another soldier. Really? Yeah. Well, that's, that's like the they, whole they, they crux of the movie. I, I, I got it right here. He confessed to his supposed role in a Marine Corporal's accidental death. 
but in reality, this meeting never happened. But Director Stone admits that this was done to add to the inner conflict with COVID. But did he kill someone, or did he just never he confess? Just said to it? never confessed. So oh, okay. Probably just about everybody over there killed somebody. You're probably right. Yeah. And the 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 Kira Sedgwick role never existed. He never had a girl. No. I mean that even not like, one that got him interested in anti-war. Mm. See, we never really we see him with her, and she's interested. In, so, but we never see the real story. How did he get from fighting William Willem Dafoe to marching in a it, in Miami? Right. We just see a few flashes. Like there's that scene where he's with Kira Cedric, and mm-hmm. he's just sort of watching her like mm-hmm. anti-war stuff, and suddenly the 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 you know the. Uh, the bootlickers come in and start cracking skulls and <laughs> you know take them away and he's like what's going on like he he never seen like you yeah. know police treat civilians like that yeah. so he's just yeah he's still shocked. in his white shirt uh-huh. sitting in his you know in his wheelchair kind of still straight laced guy right so he's seeing like his American dream dissolve right in front mm-hmm. of him mm-hmm. so uh, he goes to the hospital we already talked about that yeah we get to see uh, this is one of my oh it's that guy. Uh, Vivica A. Fox as a very kind-hearted hooker. Yeah. That was nice. Yeah, he had a very, very small nice. moment, but all right, good for you, Vivica. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all the hospital scenes completely riveting. Yes, they were funny. They were interesting. It's a thing you never really think about. Um, they had these brown the machines with brown liquid. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that was, yeah. but I know you don't want it to go backwards. I this those scenes made me so sad. That they were treated that way, and then you know, in some ways, they're still treated that way. I mean, my question is, why does the Pentagon get so much money and the VA get so little? You know, it's because those scenes really. Because I knew some of those guys. You know, um, one of the guys from my home hometown just died like three years ago. He'd been in a coma. Oh my God! Since '67. Jeez. You know, he just finally died. And now he's a casualty. Before he was just wounded. (laughs) So the official number just went up one? Yeah, yeah. Because he died. um, That's wild. We had, I think, two or three guys in my town who died. Uh, I think three. Well, now it's three, I think. But uh, it's sad to see the the wounded treated as badly as they were. Mm Mm-hmm. And probably, like I say, in some ways they still are. So they never have, they never get treated good enough. That's for sure. Right. But you know that was sort of like their their area to come to terms with it. You know what I mean? They all kind mm-hmm. of went through it together, but also on their own. And uh, so eventually, Cruz gets out. Uh, he comes home. Again, one of my favorite scenes is when he's getting out of the car. Mm-hmm. And all his family sort of comes up individually. And you see the neighbors sort of being like reticent to approach him. They don't really know how to act. Uh-huh. Nobody like, knows what to say. Right. Nobody was. No, you, you can see not a lot of them hug him. Mm-hmm. They don't really know what to do. Right. It's like, it would be easier if you did not come back at all. Right. And then finally, who's the last one out the door? His mom. Yeah. The one who has the hardest time dealing with it because probably deep down she knows she's responsible. She's responsible for a lot of it, yeah, for him going. Mm-hmm. She, he was always the golden boy in the family. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> can't imagine what it's like with the other kids. Right. <laughs> it's like, yeah, she kept pumping him up, and the other kids, are, you know, the second boy uh-huh. is always the, you know, oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> And so yeah, so he gets into it with that, you know, this his you know younger brother a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he has this huge, like yeah, I mean, there's this whole thing on the dance floor where he's with this girl who I looked up her age. She's 16 at the time. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, she looks really young because usually she was really young. Usually, even people playing teenagers are in their mid 20s, right? right? So I was like, she's actually like, she's really young. Yeah, she was yeah. 16. Um, yeah, he gets into that. Gets you know, he he ends up drunk at home. Has this huge fight with his mom. One of the best scenes that was probably yeah. his. That I mean, I'm guessing that's the Oscar reel that yeah. got sent sent around. Mm-hmm. We show women and children. You didn't shoot women and children. What do you say? What said the war? Communism, the insidious evil. They they told us. us to go. That's, that's what they told us. Thou shalt not kill mom. Thou shalt not kill women and children. Thou shalt not kill. Remember. Isn't that what you taught us? Isn't Stop that it. what they taught Stop us? Stop it! Stop it! I don't want you in this house. You're out of this house. Ron, come on now. You made your point. Now stop! No. I haven't made my point. You tell her, Dad. They're killing everyone now. I didn't force you to go. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Mom. And it's all falling apart. King Kennedy, Kent State. Hey, man. We all lost fucking war. It's not my fault. Fucking communism won. It's all for nothing. That really showed Tom Cruise as an actor. That scene. Mm -hmm. He was great. I mean, it was powerful. And his father kept trying to make things better. You know, his mother was being... The mother... Mm-hmm. You know. she, she didn't want to accept that she right. had any role in this mm-hmm. and then Tom Cruise yelling penis at the top of his lungs <laughs> <laughs> didn't see that one coming yeah that was good was then flash forward not sure how much time has passed now they're in Mexico right yeah we don't really get a good time it's a pretty hard cut yeah. but well, I mean whatever how do you ease into Mexico just suddenly you're in Mexico well yeah I mean it seemed he kept mentioning this, this place in Mexico mm-hmm. or something he mentioned it and his father said, maybe it's time to go there. Hmm. His father had no idea what <laughs> that place was like. This mezcal, whores. Yeah, how many uh, how many bottles of mezcal until you just lose your mind? Oh. Oh. I don't mean like in one sitting. I just mean like over the duration of weeks. Mm-hmm. You would just eventually just... You're in a mez- mezcal haze, right? <laughs> yeah. And all those guys were just, oh man, just the worst people. Just yelling at each other, wanting to kill each other, just... Yeah, it was like they were all just so angry about everything. Mm-hmm. So, um... A lot of uh, self-loath- self-loathing and just blaming other people. Yeah, just, just the worst of the worst. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, he, uh, he meets a nice whore and then sees that she's with other people because... She's a whore, and yeah, that's what yeah. they do. I mean, it's a... Yeah, buys her a present. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's like, dude, like, it's... <laughs> you've, don't... Been, you've been to Vietnam. How can you be so naive? Right. <laughs> they, I mean, anyway, I, I guess maybe he wasn't in that part of Vietnam. No. <laughs> but yeah, the Mexican um, whorehouse, pretty uncomfortable. Yep. Um, yeah, I'm not a big fan of aggressive prostitutes. I don't know if you, I, you know, kind of <clears throat> remind me of like walking the streets of Thailand and just being like, 
yo, chill <laughs> out. Like, I'm just, I'm going to have lunch. Like, right. leave me alone. Like, you are not on my <laughs> right, radar. I'm not, I'm not interested. Like, uh, but yeah, it was pretty uh, uncomfortable. Uh, but we get to meet Willem Dafoe. Yes. Totally unexpected. I did not know that he was in this movie. Oh. Yeah. I guess I wasn't paying attention to the credits. Uh, the opening credits. Yep. And Man. I mean, he's only in it for like 10 minutes. Well, that's still... That's still, he's... Will, Willem Dafoe. He makes everything better, right? Yes, he does. He's there's, one of those guys. There's this old Seinfeld joke where he's like, you know, whenever you ask someone like, this is good, what's in it? The answer is always cinnamon. That's Willem Dafoe. He just makes everything a little bit better. Yes. <laughs> People love cinnamon. It should be on tables in restaurants along with salt and pepper. Anytime someone says, oh, this is so good, what's in this? The answer invariably comes back. Cinnamon. Cinnamon. Again and again. Cinnamon. He's, cin- the, he's cinnamon. the cinnamon. Yeah, he's the cinnamon of movies. Uh, but yeah, he's awesome. And yeah, him and Cruz, like we said, had that big uh, fight in the desert where like they're arguing over it. He's like, you weren't even in the war. How many babies did you kill? Oh my God. Like, yeah, that was a really weird scene, I thought. Mm-hmm. How many babies did you kill? Did you really kill any babies? Well, it just made me think that everybody in this movie has this like a totally different perception of what the war was. Mm-hmm. you know. And for Willem Dafoe, anyone who wasn't around him doesn't understand it the way he does, right. you know. So it just everyone's just got their yeah. own. You don't know perspective. You weren't yeah. there. You right. weren't Mar- You weren't where I was. Right. You weren't in my head. Right. And every that's true. There's no way you could have it as bad as I had it. Mm-hmm. What do you mean, okay? What do you mean, okay? You ever have to kill a baby? You ever have to kill a little goop baby? What the fuck do you know what I did? I didn't think so. I didn't think so. You're full of shit. No, you are. The fuck? Leave me the fuck alone. You're nuts, you know that? You're nuts. The fucking sun is going down. What do you know what the fuck comes out of here at night? We gotta get out of here. Don't shit me, Coleman. You never killed a baby. You never had to kill a baby because you never put your soul into that war. You never put your soul on the line, man. And they're fighting out there on their wheelchairs. <laughs> they end up on the ground. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> uh, and then we end up, you know, then, like we said, boom, anti-war. And he finally gets his uh, leadership moment where he like rallies the troops after he gets like beaten up. He's like, "We're taking the hall." This is Miami, nineteen seventy-two, yeah. mm. and he's leading the charge. Mm. And he's got some cop pushing him, right. some undercover cop. Yeah. And that's one thing I realized when I was watching. I saw him. I go, "Oh, that's the undercover cop." Yeah, you know. And then he starts flashing his badge, like, yeah. "Don't beat me up. Right, right, I'm a right. cop." So. Yeah, they they take the hall back, and then he's uh, he's a lead speaker at some at the seventy six when Jimmy Carter was nominated. Mm-hmm. So. so we get to see how the country shifted. Apparently, and this is after his mother had told him one years ago that she she had a dream of him speaking before a large audience and saying great things. Mm-hmm. We had to bring that back. Right, great things you won't like, mom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, that's it. I mean, uh, Matt, who do you think stole the show? Cruz. Yeah. He was great. I mean, most there was a lot of great performance in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we said, Willem Dafoe, mm-hmm. great. The father was great. Yeah. The mother was good. Yeah, yeah. She only had it like maybe one scene where she had to like really go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, Cruz's friend, Frank Whaley. Frank Whaley, love the big cojona burger. Yeah, what could have been Frank Whaley? Like he never really had the 90s career he should have had. This, this this is my theory. He was, he's not boyishly goofy enough right. to be Tim Robbins. Mm-hmm. He's not snively enough to be Giovanni Ribisi. No, 
and he's not sinister enough to be Christian Slater. He's kind of in between all of these dudes. Yeah. yeah. He, uh, I used to see him in just about everything in the 90s. Mm-hmm. The 90s has disappeared. Yeah, but like like not A level nineties, no. like B level nineties. He was like in swimming with sharks. Right. You know, he like you said, he's the guy who gets shot, you know, in Pulp Fiction. He was in Field of Dreams. He played the the doctor. Was he like fifth billing in Field of Dreams? Yeah, like, of yeah, course. He was, like, he was uh, you know, he had he had a bunch of roles. He no, was, but, but yeah, like, but he was not the star. I think he's still working. I just uh, I, I think he I always thought he was underrated and underappreciated. Yeah, he's so. working. He, he he had a show, uh, Interrogation, which I've never heard of. Uh, 2020, another show called Bull. I've never heard of. My mom likes it. No, yeah. like he like I said, he's working. Yes. but he's you know he. I don't see him in anything. He's definitely on A lister. He's maybe a C plus B minus lister. Does a lot of TV. Yeah. You know, which is too bad because I, I think he's good. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he, he plays good confused. You know, where he likes to, you know, trying to, exp- I can see him just trying to explain something, but he's talking really fast. And, he, mm-hmm. you know, um, like the big Kona burger scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's know. perfect. Yeah. <laughs> he's Brad. Look at the big brain on Brad. <laughs> Yeah, he was great in that. I mean, yeah, but uh, you know, he'll we'll remember him fondly for being shot in the chest by Samuel, John, Samuel Jackson over a burger, uh, over his inability to stop saying what. Yeah, what? <laughs> Quit saying. But he was great in this in his limited role. Yes. Yeah, he was kind of the the guy that um, actually. You know, at first he wasn't anti-war, again. Mm-hmm. You know, he says that's what the thing they don't understand these these flag burners or mm-hmm. whatever. But then he changes. You know, um, he gets more and more. I guess um, what's the word I'm looking for? Jaded. Jaded. Yeah. Yeah, he gets more jaded. Uh, Matt, do you have any lines that sit out to you? No, I didn't write anything down. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure we could find him. Uh, and then the shots, I just wrote down the parade scene where we talked about it mm-hmm. and the Vietnam chaos. Which I think those are the two most right. memorable direct, director-ish things. Mm-hmm. Um, I had nothing for a recast because the movie Cherry already exists. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which <laughs> seems to me like just the modern opioid version. Frank Whaley this. could have done Cherry. Ah, it's too old. Oh, uh, well, I mean, he could have done it. <laughs> could have done, okay, he could have done it in the 80s, sure. Yeah, because that kind of... Yeah, but, you know, different war, obviously, different circumstances, but same kind of vibe, I felt. And there's a lot, of, we didn't get to it, but there's that guy part. There's a lot of people in here that went on to have careers. Oh, okay, yeah, let's do that guy. I just like, did like a Fox. There was three Baldwin brothers in this? Yes. <laughs> and which make, because they're from Massapequa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're from there anyway. This movie's lousy with Baldwin's. Yeah, right. They're all over the place. Um, the, the 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 woman singing in the in the coffee house. That was. Um, I had to look her up because I knew if she was famous. I can't find her. Edie Brickell. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, a, yeah yeah. Tom Sizemore has. A, I don't even. He has one line. Who he went on to. You know, to do a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. he was good. But there's a lot of Abby Hoffman's in it mm-hmm. as a and, as, who, and he committed suicide right after he filmed this because he filmed it. <laughs> no, I think he had problems, but 
Yeah, I mean, Vivica A. Fox, you don't even really recognize. You go, oh, wait a minute. Tom Cruise's sister when he's young is Jenna Van Oy, who went on to be six in Blossom. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of people in this. Um, if you go up and down the, the list, a lot of just like short. Uh, Tom Berenger, who was in Platoon, you know, plays the hard ass Marine. But uh, yeah, so it's it's funny when I see Tom Berenger play a hard ass Marine because my ent- my Tom Berenger entry point was Major League. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so like I don't think of him as like a hard ass Marine, but right, I, I right. know that was how he kind of came up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's besides I mean you see a lot of people just coming and going. There's so many people in this movie, you know, with soldiers and you know extras and stuff. So, anyways. Oh, Matt, let's do the Academy Awards real quick. So you know what this movie won for? Best Director, I think. Um, Yes. Maybe Cinematography, I don't know. Did it just win one or two? Uh, Cinematography, it lost to Glory. Mm -hmm. Uh, Best Director, it won. Um, Yeah, it wasn't that great a year, I don't think. Well, so uh, it also won Best Film Editing. This was the Driving Miss Daisy year. Uh, it was it was up for best original score, lost to Little Mermaid, which it should have. Little mm-hmm. Mermaid score is awesome. Uh, best picture, these are these are the nominees: Dead Poet Society, mm-hmm. pretty good movie. My Left Foot. Oh, I've never seen it. Oh, that's incredible. I mean, it's it's hard. What's it about? Daniel Day Lewis plays an artist who has like cere- cerebral palsy, so he paints with his foot. Yep. <laughs> Sounds like a date movie. It was um, <laughs> Field of Dreams. A date with death. Maybe. Yeah, Field of Dreams. Driving Miss Davy, Daisy of Border Fourth July. Driving Miss Daisy won. That's why I said it was a bad year. It's the worst of those five movies, it and is. I've only seen three of them. It is. You know. Uh, that's awful. Yeah, I, I saw that one. Uh, I remember seeing that movie, and I go, I didn't like that at all. Uh, and also lost best writing uh, screenplay based on material from another medium. It lost to Driving Miss Daisy. I'll forget the Key Academy for that one. Uh, and then Daniel Day Lewis won Best Actor. He beat Tom Cruise mm-hmm. and Robin Williams and Morgan Freeman and Kenneth Branagh and Henry V. Yeah. I don't well, know. I mean, that. I mean, it's pretty close. I mean, Daniel Day Lewis is unbelievable. But yeah, it's, I know. He's. He's, this is he's Cruise's best role, though, I think, as far as... Hmm. Not sure. What's Maybe that? not. I don't know. But he's, he really did well. Oh, he did awesome. You know? And I like him. I, I think people just underestimate him as an actor. I think he's pretty good. He just gets... I don't know. Well, he, he gets put in that not an actor, he's a movie star category. Right. But, I mean, all right. Yeah. That's just I mean, probably like an extra comma on your paycheck, right? Yeah. Uh, all right, so you want to get to the scores here? Sure. All right, IMDb, what do you think? We got 101,000 people checking in. So just for comparison, the last movie had less than 8,000 people. 7.5? Okay. Uh, 7.2. Oh, below the the Scarecrow. Yeah, even below the Scarecrow threshold. These, uh, these IMDb shit. jokers are really bumming me out. Holy crap. There's no way this belongs. I, I mean, I was guessing low on a 7.5, I thought. 7.5 minimum. Yeah. I mean, it's a fantastic movie. It, right. it, it's epic. It spans decades. Mm-hmm. It, 
it it's critical of the American dream. There's all and it's patriotic. Like, yeah. <laughs> is it <laughs> okay? Uh, I guess if your if your thesis is that the most patriotic thing you can do is be critical of your own country, then yes, I guess yeah. it is. Um, okay, so what do you think about Rotten Tomatoes? I'm gonna go with nine one. Eighty five. No, the critics. The critics. Mm. The audience is even lower. Really, seven four. Seventy six percent. Good lord! Isn't that ridiculous? I'm trying to find a negative. All right, so this is Ebert. This is positive. Nothing Cruz has done will prepare you for what he does in Born on the Fourth of July. That's what I said. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, I'm trying to find like a critic, critic, critical critic. Okay, so this is a critical critic from the New York Review of Books. The other ones I can find are just not very prominent. The movie is all glib explanation, banal in its in its obviousness and crass in its moralizing. Hmm. Well, this guy found his thesaurus. <laughs> so, interesting. All right, so uh, next week we're going to do revolutions of a different kind. I'm going to have you watch it. No, not it. <laughs> no, no. No, if. Uh, if, 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 if. Yeah, it's the Malcolm McDowell 1968 movie. If. You're going to have me watch 1971. Woody Allen's Bananas. All right. Start the revolution. <laughs> the revolution will not be televised. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> you want to get out of here? Yep. Peace. Bye. He's a Philistine. What's a Philistine? It's a guy who doesn't care about books or interesting films and things. And I'm a Philistine. No, you're interested in books and things. No, I'm a Philistine. You've been shitting in my yard. I have not. You want me to hold the chicken, huh? I want you to hold it between your knees. <laughs> so, Jane, what you do here in effect is count boners.
It's not problematic that we're gonna watch a Woody Allen movie, right? We're just not gonna. I have no. Yeah. You know what the hell? I still listen to Michael I, I, Jackson we watch, songs. We watch, <laughs> you know, we we watch Rosemary's Baby. You know, so. All right. Rapists, plunderers, rapscallions. We'll, we'll watch all your movies as long as uh, we don't have to meet you. Like I don't have dinner with Roman Polanski, but I'll watch his movies. Like Bananas is one of his most kind of fun movies. Not serious at all. So it's before his serious period, or his he had that period where he did Annie Hall, which is semi-serious, and Manhattan semi-serious, and then isn't Manhattan fully like, serious? Isn't Manhattan like really like he's like dating a kid or something? Yeah, yeah, he's dating a high school girl, <laughs> Mariel Hemingway. Yeah, I mean it's just a future. It's future Woody Allen. Right. It's it's all confession and projection. Uh, Muriel Hemingway. Attractive, not attractive? Attractive in an Amazon kind of way. <laughs> okay. Like, okay the, she's very simian. You yes, know, like she she's, is. She's large. She's very big. Um, if, if the Planet of the Apes ever happens, we'll have to offer her up as like the... She's yeah, yeah. in between. I mean, she yeah, she I, she's attractive. I think. I totally disagree. Yeah. 